it's time for school days. Hope for moms and dads of school-age kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. We can get free college degrees based on all of the opportunities that are out here and available to our students. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids, but I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allowing them to experience adversity. Yeah. Here's your host, Danita Bailey. Well, good morning. Welcome to School Days, Help for Moms and Dads of School-Aged Kids. I'm Danita Bailey. Today, we're talking about being quarantined with kids. Here in Dallas, Texas, it's been about five weeks ago on David, my husband's birthday, that our world turned upside down with declarations of emergency, followed by social distancing and orders to shelter at home or quarantine. The conversations I've had with my girlfriend and posts that I've seen on social media have run the gamut between living their best life in quarantine or uh, experiencing real signs of grief and clinical depression. But one thing that the majority of my friends and I have in common is that we are sheltering at home with kids. And that means we've become emergency homeschool teachers, like it or not. So I wanted to depart from our norm, and instead of talking to experts, I wanted to talk to a diverse group of moms about our experiences during this crazy time. Today, we'll talk about how we're doing in our new roles as homeschool moms, how we're handling the emotions of a global pandemic, ours and those of our families, and what we're doing to make it all work, or not. Before we go any further, let me just say it does take a village. If you hear a great parenting tip or nugget of advice, share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it, tweet it, link it in, and add the hashtag school day show and hashtag I am school days. And also we do want you to be a part of the show, especially today, because uh, we're all moms and we're all trying to get through this together. So if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 214-444-5575. Or if you're live with us on Facebook, you can drop us a question there. So without further ado, let's jump right in. So I have invited with me six incredible ladies. And like everybody else, we're all doing Zoom meetings. So this is my real big Zoom meeting. Um, And really, we just want to start. I want everybody to tell me your name, uh, what you do, and who you're quarantined with. So let's start with uh, Gloria here. This is Gloria Weber. Hi, I'm Gloria Hughes-Weber. I am a third grade teacher. I am quarantined with my 19-year-old college student, Chrysanthemum, my 14-year-old ninth grader, Hawaii, my 12, 12-year-old seventh grader, Bayisima, my 10-year-old sixth grader, Valiant, my eight-year-old third grader, Lavender, and an extra baby that I have, and she is also in ninth grade, and her name is Cassidy. All right. And Julie Roden. Uh, my name is Julie, and I am a client success manager for a health company. Um, I am quarantined with my husband, Stan, um, who is, also works full time as a pastor. Um, I have a seven year old uh, son, Cash, a five year old daughter, Isley, um, a three year old son, Augustine, and a almost eight month old, Micah. Um, I only have one school-aged child, uh, Cash is in first grade, and um, Isley is in pre-K, so we do have, have some stuff to do for her. 
<laughs> okay. And uh, Heather Shaw. Hi, I'm Heather, and um, I am quarantined at home with my husband, Ed, who's um, an aerospace engineer, so he's doing work from home. I am a homeschooler for the past four years, and I am home with my girls. I have, uh, let's see, Izzy is 11 and is in sixth grade, and Cece is nine and is kind of that third, fourth grade um, level for us. Okay. Uh, Amy Boyd. Hello, my name is Amy Boyd. Um, I am a dental professional um, going on 11 years and I am currently a student, full-time student, also taking online classes to finish up a science degree, looking into going into dental hygiene starting in May. So I will be finishing up a degree and starting another one. <laughs> uh, I have one school-aged son. His name is Alec and he is seven. He's in first grade, and we are quarantined together along with my parents, and we are in a small house. <laughs> I feel you on the small house thing. <laughs> small house, lots of people. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was my point. <laughs> okay, uh, let's hear from Christy Ledesma. Hey there, my name is Chris Ledesma. I am a owner operator of a special needs company called A Fair Choice. Um, I am quarantined with my husband, Daniel, who um, he's a facilities operator um, for a charter school. And um, my two kiddos, Nably is eight. Yes, eight in the second grade. No, seven. Oh my gosh, her birthday's coming up. Sorry, seven <laughs> in second grade. And um, my son, Daniel Michael, who is pre-K five. So it's interesting. <laughs> okay. And uh, last but not least, Rochelle Moss. Hello, my name is Rochelle Moss and I am a doctoral student at Dallas Baptist University. This is my first year going back to school. I am quarantined with my husband, Dr. Quentin Moss, who's a teacher. I'm also quarantined with my three sons who are Quentin Moss, who's a sixth grader. I also have a fourth grader, Jeremiah Moss, and a first grader, Micah Moss. All right. Should I introduce myself? Say who sure. I'm quarantined with? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Danita Bailey, and I am quarantined with my husband, who is a, um, a middle school math teacher. He teaches um, algebra and geometry. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> should, everybody should be quarantined with a math teacher, right? <laughs> Um, and I'm quarantined also with my children. Jonathan is nine years old. He's a third grader. Christina is seven. She's a first grader. And DJ is 12. He is a sixth grader. So, all right. Well, now that we have uh, gotten to know each other just a little bit, or we've let our audience know who they're talking to, I'd love to know what a day in the life is looking like for you guys now. So like some people I've heard, and it's me, I'm staying up late and getting up late. <laughs> so I'm staying up till the wee hours of the morning and then getting up late. But then there's some people like my sister. And let me qualify that by saying she has basically grown children. <laughs> so she, you know, she they're doing their own thing. But she's kept her four o'clock in the morning, waking morning thing, getting up, reading the Bible and um, exercising and all those things. And she's, you know, putting on makeup. <laughs> So what is what does life look like for you guys? Just jump right in, anybody. 
would have to say I'm kind of with your sister on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For us, I've really tried to stick to somewhat of a normal schedule. Um, I'm not doing hair and makeup. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, just getting up and getting ready for the day, um, making sure that we at least put on something other than pajamas. Um, not sleeping super late. I am staying up later, which I've, I've got to stop that. And then just kind of getting our day started and just having somewhat of a normal day. Um, Alec and I both work really well with schedules. And so him more so than me. So I try to just keep him in that, um, because it eliminates a lot of attitude. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's just kind of what we've done to stay normal. So who has changed their schedule? Who's not like doing all the things that you were doing before quarantine? Um, I don't know that my schedule has changed a whole lot, but we it's we're five weeks in now and we've done like five different weekly schedules, just trying to figure (laughs) out what is working for us. Um, And so actually this week, um, you know, my job I've been mostly from home anyway, three days a week, I've been home and two days in office. So this isn't a huge change other than now having all four kids at home when I'm working from home. Um, And so uh, this week, we're going to try just doing school in the afternoon for the kids. Um, Morning time is optimal, obviously, for my children, for at least for cash, because he's in a better mood in the morning. Um, But my three year old doesn't understand why he doesn't have his you know, siblings to play with. And, um, I'm also just busier in the mornings. And so is my husband. Um, so we're going to try schooling during the nap time this week and see Mm. if that, um, helps at all. Great things can happen during nap time. (laughs) That's, that's, that is some prime time right there. Gloria. Yeah. So we'll see. So I sort of had to do, um, a blended, of non-schedule and schedule just because I'm a huge free spirit and I'm raising a bunch of free spirits. And so if there wasn't a schedule, nothing would get done. Um, (laughs) I had to put a schedule in place, but that schedule has been changed so many times just because I tried to do teacher mode where I um, said, from this time to this time, we're doing math. And from this time to this time, we're doing reading. And so my kids are really advanced in reading, but just regular kids in math. So when math time came, I had a line of kids waiting for me to help them with their math. And so I had to do algebra and third grade math. And I was like, this is not working. So mm-hmm. then I split, switched it sort of to like a bell schedule. And so I was like, this is first period and this is second period and this is third period. And then my kids have math at different periods so that I can be there to help them. And so I made my schedule to where I was teaching as a teacher of my job before my job as a mom to teach happened. I teach again after my job as a mom, I go back to job teacher. And so um sort of in between. And then at a certain point like we're done. Like we're done by like 130. Nobody's doing anything. I'm not teaching. They're not learning. We're done. Mm-hmm. And we'll do whatever we want. About about so how many a... I'm sorry, I st- I stepped on what you, what you were saying. What did you say? It's just sort of a blend of free time, scheduled time, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. I would love to know what are your quarantine guilty pleasures? (laughs) 
There's a lot of laughing, but nobody's <laughs> saying anything. <laughs> all the food anybody else uh i've definitely upped my snacking game yeah um ben and jerry's (laughs) (laughs) we've become real close friends (laughs) um late night binge watching netflix like i used to never do that and i'm me ben and jerry like we we've got it down you ben and jerry are netflixing together (laughs) anybody else yeah, I uh, downloaded a social uh, app called TikTok. Oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> and I'm up so late. Watch, I like in the bed, Stan will be watching like a TV show and I have my earbuds in and I'm just laughing. And he's like, what is wrong with you? And I'll, you know, I'll be watching just some dumb TikTok and I show him and he is like, this is so stupid um but i'm laughing for like five minutes off this one stupid tiktok okay but so that's great and all but when can we inf- uh, expect the Roden family tiktok video <laughs> to appear i have attempted a few <laughs> i'm gonna need you to post those because i'm not on tiktok and i don't even really understand what that is so i'm gonna need you to put them on facebook <laughs> anybody else tiktoking out there Unfortunately, my kids have like forced me to do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I'm loving seeing all the celebrities TikToking, like Mario Lopez. Um, do y'all follow him on Instagram? Mm-hmm. He is um, doing these TikTok dances while he's got a baby. Um, like they've got a one-year-old baby and he's strapped in the Bjorn and he's strapped to the front of him. And so the whole flame family's dancing while Mario Lopez and all his muscles <laughs> has this baby strapped to him and they're dancing. Super cute. Um, so I don't usually binge watch um, videos or movies or what, uh, what am I trying to say? Series. But for some reason on Netflix, everything is a series now. I don't know why they can't just give me an hour and a half movie so I can be done with it. But now everything is a series. And now I got to watch your 13 episodes of it. And it's really irritating. But I am now I'm watching um, American doggone. What is it called? All American. Thank you. I I couldn't remember this before. And you had to remind all American. And uh, it's about a football player from Crenshaw who gets kind of adopted by this Beverly Hills family. So it's like a combination of Beverly Hills 90210 and Boys in the Hood. And what was the other thing you said it was? Uh, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, I'm on season two already. And my husband has kind of been watching it with me. And every time he tunes back in, he's like, you're four episodes ahead of me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been my Netflix um, guilty pleasure. All right. So getting back on track here a little bit. Um, I was reading an article uh, in the Harvard Business Journal, and they interviewed a guy named David Kessler, who's one of the foremost experts on grief in the world. 
Um, and he said that we're feeling a number of different types of grief. So not just one type of grief, we're feeling different type, uh, t- different types of griefs. Uh, grief, we're grieving in different ways, I guess. Uh, we feel that the world has changed and it has, and we know that this is temporary, but it doesn't feel that way. And we realize that things are different, just as going through an airport is forever different from how it was before 9-11. And he said, we're experiencing the loss of normalcy, the fear of economic toll, uh, the loss of connection, and this is hitting us and we're grieving collectively. And we are not used to this kind of collective grief in the air. And um, he also said that we're feeling anticipatory grief. And that is the feeling we get when uh, we don't know what the future holds and it's uncertain. And that, uh, you know, kind of like when somebody receives a scary diagnosis. So I want to ask, how are you guys feeling? How has quarantine impacted your men- mental health? Believe it or not, um, if anything has given me more peace, um, I'm calmer. Um, I can get more organized. I'm not. I'm not feeling like I'm a crazy squirrel in a rat wheel. Yeah, hmm. I use a squirrel and a rat. Um, but like, I'm not all over the place. Um, so for me and my family, as far as how we interact and how we work and just our work schedules and school schedules, um, things are calmer. We do more things um, at a slower pace. And we get it done and there's no stress. Like it's a kuna matata, literally. So I'm I'm just excited to help people where I can. And if you need it, I'ma come and drop it off to you, mask or no mask. Like that's, <laughs> mask that's mask for me, please. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'ma stay, I'ma stay my six feet. But I'm just saying for us, it's it's really allowed us to just truly focus on what's important and take care of that. And you know, everything else is just extra. But it's definitely made, I feel calmer. I don't feel grief or anxiety or any, I don't, I just, I don't, I'm excited to be at home and not have to be someplace. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm always telling Christy that she's living her best quarantine life. I mean, you should see her Facebook. And, you know, sometimes Facebook is not representative of what's really happening, but she's all like campfires and s'mores and like. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, we had but, a lot of campfires right. last year. Yeah, but because I know her, they really are living their best life over there. (laughs) Um, So, Amy, what's going on over there? Yeah, you know, I kind of want to agree with Christy in a lot of ways. Um, For me, I've been working since Alec was six weeks old, uh, full time. At one point, I had two jobs. And then after that, I've been in school. So full time working in school. And so I always had this um, desire and dream just to be home with him and just be a full-on mom. Um, and I've never been able to, to have that, you know, not at no fault of my own, just being a single mom. It's just that I'm, you know, 100% responsible um, for income and, and whatever. And so, you know, having been the opportunity to be home with him has just been the most incredible blessing um with that said, there is kind of this kind of uneasiness feeling because I am laid off. I am unemployed right now. Um, and then I did get accepted into hygiene school during all of this. And so, you know, trying to get financials in order, there's just a lot to get in order. Um, and then, of course, our topic homeschooling on top of that. <laughs> so, um, you know, trying to finish up a, um, a school and going to a new school homeschooling my child, um, trying to decide what I'm going to do financially for the future. 
So there is that kind of uneasiness um, that I guess grief, you know, about the future, like what does that even look like? Because right now I just don't know. (laughs) And being the, you know, the sole provider um, for my son, that's, that's pretty scary. And so I've had to fight down, you know, some anxiety, some pressures, some negativity about that. um, And just really try to remain my, my naturally positive self, you know, and then uh, be that for him too. So I kind of, kind of get a little of both sides of that. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we should say you were laid off as a result of COVID nineteen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you, so that was- you're a dental okay. professional, and basically your office is now only emergency. Um, Correct. Taking emergent patients, so he had to lay off his entire staff, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else? Yeah, I want to say that. Um, I tend to have a very serious personality anyway, and I'm a planner and I do everything very strategic. And so when I prayed last year about if I should go back to school, I had I waited five years. My son is now six. He's in first. I was like, this is the perfect time to go back to school. Well, I went back to school. I did. I finished my first semester and then this happened. So not only am I in school getting the hardest degree I ever could get. (laughs) I am home with the school teacher who is Zooming and having conferences and having professional development while maintaining a household that has three children from first grade to sixth grade. Mm. They're all at different stages. And it has been a whirlwind for someone who's a planner who likes to do things right. And so there's this pressure. I have to continue to remind myself of what Psalms 91 says, which is God will protect me. He will protect us from the devour, from plagues. Because for my personality, I can't see how I'm going to, all these boys, I want them to do well academically. Myself, I have made straight A's. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I know that, will God be pleased? That's my biggest question. Lord, am I pleasing you? And so what each day looks like is different. Mm-hmm. Some days it looks like Micah saying, Mommy, I miss you. You're studying and I want to spend time with you. Another day is me talking to my preteen, almost 12-year-old, saying, hey, how's school going? So it's my husband has stepped up. Shout out to Ron Moss because he could thank God I'm married to a teacher right now. Like, if you're not married to a teacher, like, man, I hit the lotto. All of us who are married to teachers. <laughs> like, Zooming, he's putting the children on Google Classroom. He's teaching them in ways that I started out because when school started, we were on spring break, and they gave us an extended spring break. But now it's back to, I have a research paper, 20-page paper due this week. So mm. it's not easy. Um, I just have to remember to drink lots of chamomile tea and <laughs> remind myself that this is temporary. But it's very difficult when there's, the more pressure you have, I think the more you have a tendency to want to take over and feel in control. Yeah. When reality is I'm not. It's a fake sense of control. God is the only one that's in control. It's so funny you're saying that because I'm I'm feeling a lot of what you're saying, Rochelle. You and I are kind of the same person. We've always <laughs> talked about that. You and I are very similar, and our husbands are also very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, hey, Julie, can you kind of <coughs> chime in because you um you talked a little bit about how you're feeling, and I really related to um a lot of the things that you were saying. So, how how has quarantine been going for you? Yeah. So, um, I'm also a planner and I like to have, you know, all my days don't look the same, but 
each day looks the same every week, typically for me. And so um, this has not been super easy for us. Um, And then in particular, Tuesdays are just extra hard. Um, It's one of my busiest days. And it's also one of my husband's busiest days for his work. Um, And both of us have like, I'm a, I have a client facing job. So um, I spend a lot of my day talking with clients, whether it's over chat or on phone or um, training, uh, training clients. Um, And so it's a lot of uh, customer facing things. Um, And then my husband is a pastor. So um, it's a lot of meetings and it's not, neither one of us have jobs where we're just holed up and just can do it, you know, like as we need to. Um, And so it's, it's been a challenge for us, um, especially with four kids at home. Um, and then on Tuesdays, like if I'm honest, most Tuesdays, I don't even want to get out of bed. I wake Mm. up and I think, Oh my gosh, another really hard day. Um, and I just can't imagine making it through this day, you know, and it going well. And so, um, you know, I have spent a lot of time just learn, you know, relearning, like, um, just to wake up to a dependence on the Lord, um, which, you know, it's really easy um, just to wake up and go about your day and, you know, not like um, just cognitively realize, like, I cannot do this without the Lord here, you know, by my side supporting me. Um, and so it's it's been hard. It's been a change. Um, but it's also been really good in ways um, for our family and for our marriage. Um, and just realizing like, you know, we're in this together and, um, just both of us stepping up in ways that, you know, we don't normally, you know, that that's not our normal role in this household. Um, and so that's just been really awesome as well. And then just learning, um, just how to slow down. Cause we, we, we live really busy lives. Um, and a lot of that is just things that we choose to do. Um, like we we're very social. We like to spend time with friends and family and, Um, so it's just kind of taught us a little bit of how to slow down and, um, just spend more time, just the six of us. So that's been really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to say, and I'm taking a deep breath. (laughs) Um, this has been particularly hard for me. I'm one of those people who doesn't know how to sit down. Um, and so, um, being in a situation where I got to do a lot of sitting down, um, is weird for me. And then I also have just not felt up for the game, like kind of what you're saying, Julie, I just haven't felt like doing the things that I want to do. They say that that's really a a sign of depression. um, Not not doing the things that you normally want to do. But I've just found it like difficult to just, I mean, there's I'm putting things off that I normally wouldn't put off. And things that I actually enjoy doing, I'm kind of putting off. Um, and so this has just been a really weird um, experience. Um, um, you know, talking about the grieving and that there are different, I don't know what the seven stages of grieving are. I actually meant to look that up before coming on here. But I think that even even those of us that are living our uh, best lives, we have lost a lot. Um, we've lost our ability to just go out to go to parks. Although, you know, I think today in Texas, at least they're opening up a national park so we can start going back to those. But, um, you know, our, any of our friends that have seniors in high school, they've lost their senior year. They're not going to have prom. They m- probably will not have graduation. And so we are collectively grieving um, just even the safety of being outside of your house. I miss um, just being able to good gravy. There's been so many things that I need. 
<laughs> that I'm just like, oh, I just need to go to Walgreens just real quick to go get this thing. But I don't feel safe to do that. I feel like I've got to do all go through all these motions um, to do that. I've got to put on a mask. And then, um, you know, anything that I bring inside the house, I've got to sanitize. And just having the freedom being able to go and say, hey, I just need some AAA batteries right quick. <laughs> And not feeling like I've got to order them on Amazon so I can stay safe. You know, I think I, we're just in such a weird place um, that we're all having to learn how to process and and move through. And with all of us with different experiences and different backgrounds, I know that people who've experienced trauma are probably feeling this um, in a different way. Um, I was watching a Facebook Live this morning and I realized I'm talking too much because we are already at 28 minutes. We are totally going to go over, but just be, pre- be prepared for it. <laughs> Um, I was watching a Facebook Live this morning um, of a friend who lost um, lost her mom in de- just in December. And so I know that um, all of this is is doubly diff- difficult for her during this time. So anyway, I just rambled a lot here, but <laughs> wanted to share kind of how, how this is falling on me as well. Um, let's skip forward to, well, what are you guys doing to help um, your kids stay connected with their friends? I know with, um, you know, there's a lot of people whose kids have phones. Our kids don't have phones. They don't have their own devices. So they're not able to just call people up. So maybe your kids have phones. I don't know if they do, but what are you doing if they don't to try to keep them connected? Because they still need to have some sort of community in the midst of all this. We're doing Zoom. Um, we're setting up Zoom dates and um, we're doing it through our community group and um, we're doing it through our co-op. Um, the girls, uh, they did, they played Uno with some friends. Uh, I'm not sure how they managed it, but they did it. Um, and they themselves are being extremely creative in how they're interacting with their friends um, online. We can do Messenger. We can do uh, FaceTime. Um, because this is really impacting them. Um, you know, we homeschool, of course, but we are so active. We're in so many different groups and we're always on the go. And, um, so it's hit them really hard and I can see it in their behavior. Um, especially my youngest, who is a, she is just a social butterfly. Um, and so being, giving them that ability and my girls don't have a phone either. Um, they've got a shared phone that they use for texting if they're away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how we've managed through that. Christy. So for us, it's mostly been, um, our kiddos have tablets and they have like some of our old junky phones, but, um, with tablets, they use the kids Facebook messenger. And like, we have strategic people that they're able to communicate to and send messages to and change their faces and have fun with that. (laughs) And then on top of that as well, um, with their school, we have a scheduled call with her uh, classroom every Thursday at 630. And so everybody gets on, she can see all her schoolmates and um, they interact that way. And then thankfully we have awesome neighbors. Uh, We actually had a play date last night. Um, (laughs) We won't tell anybody. (laughs) And they came over and they played Uno and they j- jumped on the trampoline. They played tea party and cars. And and so um, it was one of those things where they, they still need that interaction as kids. And so we, you know, we were able to do that with them. So they've been really good about finding ways to communicate, whether it's to family, friends or school friends. Amy. Um, yes. Yeah, so this is actually an area that has been 
really hard on Alec, um, especially being a single, um, an only child in a house full of adults. Hmm. <laughs> um, you know, he really uh, misses interaction with other kids. Um, we're not actually playing with our neighbor kids right now, um, just kind of decisions on, you know, both parties. Um, and then he's used to having his cousins over every other weekend. And so we haven't really done that. Um, and then, of course, being involved in after school programs. Um, he's part of the YMCA, um, involved in sports. And so he hasn't had any like kid interaction which has been really hard on him. Um, even though he is kind of a homebody, this is one area that I think is really starting to get to him. So we have incorporated FaceTime. Um, we've done a lot of that with his cousins. And then myself, I've really had to kind of just put myself aside and the things that I want to get done for myself, um, my duties, you know, as a student or, or whatever, really had to just kind of put that aside and get on his level. Um, and so we play basketball. <laughs> we have basketball matches. Um, we have a lot of board games. And so, you know, for the people that know me know that I'm kind of like a kid at heart anyway. And so just kind of getting on his level and, you know, playing video games with him, um, and just doing like kid stuff mm. to try and keep him, keep him a kid, you know, and I'm not, I'm trying not to pull him into the adult world. I'm trying to put myself into his world more, um, especially during this time. And so that's been, you know, as an adult, you, you kind of have to like, okay, let's level down a little bit. <laughs> and that has its challenges too, you know, because you have your things that you want to do and, you know, the way you want to do that. But Sometimes it's just really great to get on his level and just be that kid with him. And so that's kind of what I've done as far as and kind of incorporating that. And then again, like I said, just FaceTiming with the cousins and with the friends and, you know, waving at the neighbors. <laughs> so, yeah. it, it, it's been a little hard. That's been an area that's been a little hard for him. Sure. I have definitely felt a responsibility to play more than ever. You know, I'm trying to make quarantine fun. <laughs> you know, as much how how fun can we make this global pandemic? Because <laughs> you know, we we want our, our kids don't completely understand this. You know how I know that? Because I don't completely understand this, and their brains aren't fully formed yet. So we're trying to, and they they look to us for um to to be grounded as much as possible. Um, so I feel like I'm kind of trying to like. <laughs> make distractions <laughs> let's go play this and like, let's pull out Yahtzee you know all the things and um, try to make this as fun as possible um, I've seen a lot of people on uh, social media talk about how um, this is you know we're making memories right now we're making history for sure right now but you know this is something that they're going to look back on and I saw one post saying that we're not they're not going to look back on or then their memories are not going to be of you know all the people that died and all of the you know whatever that they're, they're probably more so going to remember well, you know, we we um, made s'mores in the backyard and we, you know, you, mom scootered for a mile with us and almost broke her hip. And, <laughs> you know, those are the things that they're really going to remember. So those that's what we're trying to 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 do is to continue to make memories. Julie. Yeah. So, um, you know, we are kind of in, you know, the same boat. We tr try to have phone calls and Zoom calls and FaceTime, but with really young kids, they don't quite get the concept as well. Um, and then, you know, we're also like Christy, we um, have 
select families that we quarantine together. And so we try and send them in the backyard where it's, you know, they're not quite social distancing as much because they're kids, (laughs) but you know, we're also not on top of each other. So, you know, it's, we we're doing what we can to keep them entertained and, and to also to keep everybody sane. Um, But we do spend a lot more time, you know, playing games or, you know, doing the things that the kids really want to do. Yeah. Um, I know more of you want to chime in about this, but I want to move on to, um, to homeschooling. Um, I know some people don't like to call this homeschooling because it's not actually homeschooling and we'll get to that, Rochelle. (laughs) I'm messing with you, (laughs) Rochelle. (laughs) So I want to ask, when did you actually start teaching? Did you like jump right in? I saw people online as soon as we, um, we closed schools, they were like, okay, I made my schedule. It's color coordinated and, you know, like army drill sergeant. Um, but then there's some people, you know, that aren't doing it. According to some of my teachers or my kids, teachers, they're saying, I haven't heard from them at all. Some of these people. So when did you guys actually start? Anybody? Well, um, I start, um, well, we started right away because it has been my dream to homeschool the, my boys since they were born, but we never um, can, could agree on when when the time was right. So the school they go to um, didn't have anything in plan. So we just decided to just start w- what we wanted. We created our own curriculum and our own schedule. We did a college schedule, which is a, a AB day. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we did English, social studies, and on Tuesday, Thursday, we did science and art and Spanish. And so we just did our own schedule. Then two weeks in, the teachers decided to give us homework. So it became a party. Drat. <laughs> and then it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and so now we're on the school schedule again. And I'm struggling with the stuff that they're giving them now. And so it's. I keep telling people, this is not homeschooling. Having homeschooled uh, our first child, my sister, this is not homeschooling. With homeschooling, it is a total different environment. It's homeschooling is a group. You plan, you've had time to plan. You probably went to some type of conferences and did some type of training. You know what curriculum you're going to pick. You decide, you decide what your students do. You decide what they read. You decide where they go. Well, with distant learning, the teachers are giving us a curriculum that says, I want this done by this day, I want this done. And some of the parents have not even been trained on the stuff that the schools are asking them to do. So it's a lot of stress and pressure for parents. They're overwhelmed. A lot of the parents I'm talking to are overwhelmed by what the teachers are giving them, especially if you have multiple children, multiple grade levels. It is very overwhelming for the parents right now versus homeschooling is the parent says, hey, I'm going to put y'all in a group together. Y'all have this assignment and it's due on this day. So there's a, there's quite a difference between online and homeschooling. Well, that and homeschooling is a choice. <laughs> we don't have a choice. We were just told what to do and we're doing it. Um, Amy. Uh, yes. So this is kind of an interesting subject for me because I was homeschooled my whole life <laughs> until I was 16 and decided like, okay, I'm done and I'm graduating. Um, and I, just to be honest, I hated it mm. and I swore I would never homeschool my children. <laughs> mm. 
So never say never. That's lesson number one. <laughs> I'm like, this is really coming back to my family side, isn't it? <laughs> um, my mom is just sitting over here like, mm-hmm. 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 So um, <laughs> I, um, that said, I kind of had a general idea of like, okay, I know how this works, you know? Um, so I did kind of jump in immediately. We did the same thing. We had just an extended spring break. Once spring break was over, um, I actually purchased the, um, I know probably some of you guys have heard of it, but it's like the highlight books. You can get them off of Amazon. They're for like first, second, third graders. Um, And I had actually got one last year for first grade for Alec during the summer where I would just be like, here, do a couple of pages throughout the summer. Um, And so- Are those the bridge books? (laughs) Are those also called bridge books? Bridge books, yeah. Bridge books. Same thing? um, Okay. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of the same thing, but I think like highlights, um, uh, writes it or something. So, the, the magazine uh, highlights? No, they actually create a book that you can get that's got like all kinds of um, school activities in it. But I mean, is it from the magazine author, uh, the publishers of the magazine highlights? Oh, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I pulled that out and I was like, all right. So on Monday, we're doing pages, you know, 96 through whatever. And so we did that every day. And then, um, like Rochelle said, they send us homework to start doing. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> we already have our system. Like, don't go messing <laughs> this up for me. <laughs> and, um, and plus me doing schoolwork too, it was hard for us because I only have my laptop. And I'm um, sorry, but my seven-year-old is not allowed to touch <laughs> my laptop. True that. And um, I, you know, I was like, how am I going to get my homework done, do his homework too? Um, so I contacted our teacher and just said, look, I've already got a system in place. Can I just submit what we're doing to you? And that count as credit. She came back. She spoke with the principal and she agreed. Mm. So that's totally fine. Um, so just, I mean, as advice, maybe contact your teachers and see if that is something that you can do, if it works better for you that way. Um, I love so- that she agreed to that. I mean, I think because yes. their, their biggest concern right now is people, <laughs> those people on the other end of the spectrum from the drill sergeants, the ones that are like, I ain't doing it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, my- yeah, my initial was like, I said I was never going to homeschool my kids. So I'm not, you know, that was my initial. And I was like, okay, I can have that attitude. Like, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, uh, I've i accepted it. And I was like, you know, never say never. Here we are. And Alec and I sit down together in the mornings. I do mine. He does his. We're done um, by like one o'clock. And I submit work to the teacher. And it's, it's, it's done. Good for you. Gloria, what's, how's homeschooling been going for you? Because you have six then, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there are some that are self-sufficient in your, well, quote, self-sufficient, right? Yes. And like, okay, the biggest thing for me, thank God, I'm super, super, super grateful that they go to the district that they go to. They go to Weatherford ISD. And Weatherford ISD was super concerned about like equality and making sure that everybody, you know, understanding that not everybody has educated parents at home, not everybody has the ability to get on Imagine Learning or Imagine Math or, um, and so just, they were really concerned about equality. And so what they did is they sent out a whole bunch of choice boards. And so it was like, for math, you can do all of this. Um, And you can do, like, let's say it was um, 
studying your multiplication cards or whatever, you can actually do that every single day and count that as math, or you can change mm. it up. Um, so they, thank God, were very um, flexible. flexible do. And, and then they just gave us um, a piece of paper we would write down Monday, I did this for math, Tuesday, I did this for math, Thursday. And so at the end, at the end of the year, I guess now it's the end of the year. It was supposed to only be like the month we were going to, and they, um, they had mailed it to us too. So we didn't have to go pick it up or anything. They just mailed it to everybody, write down what you're doing and send it back. And then the teachers call and check in and just, so when we first started, they weren't taking grades. So I was like, ah, read, whatever. I wasn't going to, I was not going to stress myself out about it because I had so many kids and because I was also teaching. So I'm trying to juggle how to teach parents how to teach or, you know, or really for the longest time, I was these parent counselors. They'd call me and be like, I'm stressed out. And then so I, I my whole, well, I got six kids at home and I'm doing it too. So I don't know, like, I get it. Like, I know. Suck it up. <laughs> How many kids do you have? That, well, and one was calling me, I have two kids. I'm like, don't even start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I was, you know, I was very entertaining. But um, if it wasn't for a grade, we weren't doing it. And then as soon as the district came out and was like, we're going to do the pass fail or pass incomplete or whatever, I was like, oh, now we have to actually do it. But I'm very lucky in that it, they kept it simple and everybody's doing the same thing and it's a choice. And, um, and, the, and the teachers are so um, accommodating. And yes. so I also tried to make sure that I was doing the same thing for my students' parents. And so some of them were in the same boat. They had a lot of kids and they had kids who were in, you know, sophomores in high school. And for the first week, I was like, dude, read, read to them. If you're reading a picture book to them every night, just call me, tell me you're doing it. I'm going to give you the grade for the assignment. I don't care what the assignment was. You're going to get credit for it. Yeah. Um, and I need you to focus on your sophomore who's, you know, it's for credit. You know, I don't want your sophomore to lose their credit. Your third grader is, and and I say this a lot because there is this um, parent that's like, I'm failing my kid. I'm failing my kid. And I'm like, are you reading to your kid? Yes. And you guys. Don't worry about it. I said, I can catch that kid up. That's our job as teachers is to catch these kids up. We can get them years behind. And our job is to catch them up. And we that's what we're trained to do. And we can do it. What we cannot do, I mean, we can, but it's very difficult, is to get through that traumatized brain mm. that had to home with that mom who was screaming at them about why don't you know your math homework? And there's it's five apples. Why don't you get five apples? Blah, blah, blah. And so now they hate math. And now I have to spend six weeks, you know, untraumatizing that brain for math. Um, so I just try to make sure the parents understand that your your job right now is to teach them how to walk through trauma, teach them how to do that one day at a time, teach them how to do step one foot in front of the other, teach them to take breathers, teach them to come back to something that was difficult after taking a break, those kind of things. If they don't know what six times four is when I get them in August they'll learn by the end of August we'll be okay and so um I had to tell myself that as a parent <laughs> but you know it's easy to tell as a teacher like oh don't worry about it you'll be fine we'll catch them up and as a parent you're like how am I gonna do this but um so I had a little bit of preaching to myself but um so that, that folks 
That folks right there, I'm looking at the timestamp. It's 4737. And we will hear this again. I will be um, (laughs) grabbing that quote because that was like genius. I love that you were saying, you know, because I I was even talking to somebody that um, his grandson has is a pre-K kid. And he was like, you know, the school's not sending much. What do I need to be doing? And I said, okay, work on number uh, letter recognition work on counting to 100 and read to your kid, period. <laughs> that you, And you will be golden. Do not worry about that. And, you know, what somebody was saying at the beginning is, you know, where your, and it was you, I think it was you, Glory. I think this was off air where we were talking about you're in, an engaged parent. And in his case, he's an engaged grandparent. And so we are way less concerned about you and more concerned about the parents who are maybe not even at home because they're still working two, two jobs. And the, the child is just kind of left to his own devices and probably not doing school. So um, I think that that is incredible advice. Do not traumatize your kids during quarantine as much as possible. <laughs> calm it down. Take several seats. Be calm we will be okay. And the teachers will do their jobs in the fall. That was, that was awesome. Um, uh, Julie. Yeah, actually. So my, when we did the whole, you know, one extra week of spring break and then the district sent assignments for us and it was kind of like a pick and choose what you do, do a couple things from the English and reading, do a couple things from the math. And, um, that was actually really hard for me. Um, and I hated it. And I thought, if this is what it's like the rest of the year, I cannot do this. <laughs> um, and then the teachers took over and um, we now get lesson plans that are like, these are things that you have to do. And these are things that you can do if you want to. And then these are just fun things to do. And it has made a world of difference because, um, well, mostly I just like to check boxes. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a list maker. And so it's really nice because I can look at the things that they have to do and I can say, okay, we did this, we did this, we did this. Um, And then I can, you know, pick a couple of the can do and the fun do and just make it like kind of round out the week. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just been really nice to know this is what I have to do. And then I, you know, Gloria, you might have made this comment on one of Danita's Facebook posts, but um, what kind of calmed me down was when someone said exactly what you just said, that as teachers, their job is to catch the students up. And, um, you know, so if I'm not doing it perfectly, or if I'm not teaching exactly the way that it's supposed to be done, um, it's a relief to know that that's what they've been trained to do. Um, And so Mm. when cash goes into second grade, and when Isley goes into kindergarten, it's going to be okay, because they're trained to do what I cannot do, you know. Um, So that's just been that was an encouragement to me when I first saw that I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. Um, I wanted to read something that somebody that's um, on Facebook Live right now said, we have four to five assignments per child, two to three Zoom meetings each. Plus, they want us to do this supplemental educational website, Lee J Dreambox Math. See, I haven't even heard about that. I thought we had them all. <laughs> reading, <laughs> reading A to Z. That's Raz Kids. I think I Station, exact, etc. <laughs> and she said in 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 all caps, I cannot. <laughs> it's been super frustrating. I have a ninth grade, two second grade, and a kinder student, and I've decided to do what we can, nothing more. Well, Katrina, we applaud you. Do what you can, nothing more. Don't traumatize your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I want to add something to that. Thank you. Shout out to Katrina for, for expressing that. 
Um, I just want to remind parents that school is very, very important. It's very important. But what's more important is you using this quarantine to connect with your children. Mm. There's a time to create memories, those issues in the character that you see, that you know that they've been struggling with. That is way more important than how much math they did that day. Oh, my gosh. If you have to choose something to do with your children, put the schoolwork aside and spend time, quality time with your children, listening to their heart, talking about the things that are triggering them, the things that they are have, didn't have time to talk to you about because we were busy. Use that and let that be your predominant on how well and how successful you are as a parent, not how many lessons you completed. Because the reality is having homeschooled and having a 25-year-old, they will learn to do math, multiplication. They will learn to add. They will learn to subtract. But what they will not forget is how, how you treated them during that time, how much time you spent with them or how you neglected them. So just as a parent, uh, my goal is to create a bond with my children that will last forever because I want to see healthy adults, three healthy adult men to grow up in this home. So I just, just want to encourage parents um, as an advocate for mothers, we are so broken and we are so in need of Jesus that we're not going to get it right. But what we can do is lead our children to Christ and lead them to a relationship where they can know that they're going to be healthy and they're going to be okay at the end of this. And they're watching how we handle this. Even my moments, I'm teaching my kids to do relaxation. There's this music, this piano music. That's all it is, is piano. And I did a study and it shows that boys, especially, they don't stop moving. So I allow the boys to sit still before we even begin homework. We sit for 10, 15 minutes and they have to close their eyes, count their breaths and just rest. Mm. And so effective from the beginning a month ago to now now they, they hated it and now they're like are we about to relax again yes we're doing it as well so i hope that helps we have multiple kids in the house you have to find a way to teach them to get self-control to control their anger to control their thoughts and that relaxation is a really good way to do that I'm going to, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> so my kids can be like, are we about to relax again, mommy? <laughs> yes. Cause we all need to relax. <laughs> hey, Heather. To, oh, I go ahead. To, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I just want to add real quick um, to something that Rochelle said about like this, what we're doing right now is not homeschooling. <laughs> um, you know, and then when I was homeschooled, it was in the nineties and that looks totally different than what homeschool is today. Um, and I'm sure Heather can comment on that and that, you know, I grew up in um, the country and there was no activities um, and it was just me and my mom at home, kind of like what it is now. Um, and so homeschooling has definitely leveled up since I was a homeschooler. Um, and so I, you know, I applaud people like Heather who homeschool their kids. My sister-in-law and brother homeschool their kids. They're involved in all kinds of activities. Um, and so I just didn't want that to be like, <laughs> you know, my homeschool experience was completely different than what homeschool is today. And so I have nothing against homeschoolers at all. It just was not for me. And, <laughs> and now it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> Amy, that is a great segue into what I was just getting ready to say. I was going to say, Heather, okay, so a lot of people who do traditional school think that homeschooling is very is only for crunchy people and Heather you are crunchy let's let's just be honest you're crunchy <laughs> we're gonna admit that but have you become a hero no 
What? Your friends are not coming to you and saying, help, I don't know what I'm doing. I think that, you know, it's funny because I actually reached out to some of my homeschool moms and said, hey, if you could give advice to parents that are in this crisis mode of teaching, what advice would you give them? And um, because I have ideas, right? Um, We, but the one thing that I want to tag back on from the conversation we were just having um, is, you know, we are now placed, you know, y'all are being placed in this position where your kids have been at school with teachers and you don't see how they're learning. Um, And we know now through all this research that kids learn differently. Um, Some are kinesthetic, some um, are visual. Um, And Mm -hmm. so this is a great opportunity for you guys to, or for parents to learn how their kids learn. I have one that will get on her bouncy ball and she bounces the whole time she's doing schoolwork. I don't know how she does it. I would be exhausted, but I've even said, Hey, what, you know, I'll be reading for, from a book and she'll be bouncing and I'll say, okay, you've done a lot of activity there. Do you even know what I said? And she will verbatim tell me exactly what I said. And so for her, this is something that she needs to do to learn. Well, I've got another one that can't stand the the feel of paper. And so we have to figure out how to, so my point is use this opportunity um, to really study your, your children as they are going through their studies. I mean, is, does one of them need um, it quiet? Do, do you have another one that needs um, a more visual stimulus? Um, you know, so that you can, after all this quarantining is over, you can aid them better um, and even help your, your, their teachers know what they need to really learn and absorb what they're, um, what they're learning. Um, but so, you know, that, that's that. Um, but read, I, I have all kinds of advice, I'll be honest, but, um, the most important thing is, uh, in it, get the work done that the teachers are requiring you to do and the district is requiring you to do. And then just enjoy it. Just sit back and enjoy that time with your kids. Um, teach them to cook, teach them to sew. Um, one of my friends said, you know, she said, think about it like this. If I die tomorrow, are my kids going to be able to take care of themselves? Will they be able to mend something? Will they be able to uh, cook dinner for themselves? Will they be able to plant flowers, take them out, enjoy nature? Because the slide may be there, but, um, that's what you, that's what the teachers will be there. You know, that's been said several different times. The teachers will be there to, to catch them up. Um, but we're not, you're not breaking your kids. Mm. You're not, not at all. That is so good. Um, you, you said, Heather, I have all kinds of advice. Like um, some of us are still on the hashtag struggle bus uh, when it comes to distance learning. So what are uh, two or three things or one or two things that you can uh, recommend just from your vast experience in homeschooling? Um, read to your kids. Mm-hmm. Make reading something you do every single day because I have a child that's dyslexic and severe. Um, but her vocabulary is insane Mm. because we read 
all the time and we read books that are above level for her. And so we make read aloud um, part of our everyday um, life. Um, so even if they're not at, a, at an age to be reading themselves, have them read. Um, so that's one that we do. Um, and then play games. Uh, because when you teach them, when they play games, they can learn math, st strategy, they learn. Um, it helps them actually learn how to learn because they're learning the rules of a game. They're learning how to follow directions. They're learning. So board games are, are absolutely amazing. Um, take your schooling outside. Mm. Um, get out. Get out of the house. Um, um, you can learn anywhere. Um, and I, I know several people have mentioned, Rochelle has mentioned that as well, that, you know, th this is, this is crisis learning. This is not homeschooling and we learn outside. We, we go to the parks and learn and we get on our trampoline and take our books out there and we, and we do that outside. We're so very unconventional. Um, and then another would be to stop schooling the way the schools teach. Because mm. you're not you're you're not you're not a school teacher, and um, so schedules are extremely important because it keeps everybody moving. The especially when you've got six kids, um, you need to be able to uh, schedule your kids. We do loop scheduling, so that basically means they have a schedule. If they don't complete anything from that day, then wherever they left off, they pick up and they move on to the next. Um, and see, we're, we school year round. So, you know, if we have something come up or if we want to take a vacation, we just kind of stall and that's okay. Cause then we just pick right back up and then we continue on. Um, and we just school throughout the whole year. And sometimes we take six weeks off in the summer and sometimes we take three. Um, so schedules are extremely important, but not to the point where you're standing in front of your kids and teaching them from a whiteboard. Like Laura, um, Ingu like Laura Ingalls Wilder in the one room schoolhouse. <laughs> Don't do that. No. And, you know, <laughs> my kids, my kids are fortunate with with the way that they learn. They get to choose what subject they do at what time. And um, the, the big thing for me is um, just making sure that I'm available when they need when they need me. Um, but our curriculum is a homeschool curriculum and it is. So a lot of it is self-guided, self-learning, um, and then we supplement with, you know, field trips and um, our co-op and, and other things like that, um, but it's designed for homeschooling. Um, but getting out of that mindset that you have to teach like the teacher, because that's not, you know, even as a homeschool, we don't do that. Um, a lot of parents, when they first pull their kids out of public school, we actually do what's called unschooling. And it's just kind of retraining yourself that this is a choice that you've made and how is this going to work for you? And so as, as parents with children in, in public school or charter schools, um, and, and Julie has said it and Amy has said it and, you know, you have to find what works best for you, um, as a family and, and, and that's how it's going to work. Um, but really try to embrace the time and enjoy it because um, there are struggles. I'm not going to lie to you. Homeschooling's hard. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's hard. 
And I was one that said, I will never homeschool ever. Nope. Mm-mm. And, and when the Lord played, laid it on my heart, I, I pushed about, uh, I pushed a wall over. Cause I was like, no, this is not going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, and here we are, uh, four years later, Ain't that funny. I can't imagine doing anything different. I love it. Um, Glory. So just try to embrace that time. You know, I love Heather, that. That's all great advice. I really love what you said about um, just, you know, you know, what works for you and just taking the time to enjoy, you know, your kids and how they learn. And I think this is very important because, you know, with me and my mom, my mom was my teacher and I'm a very distracted person. <laughs> And I'm a very like, I'm like Danita. I can't sit still. I've already done like 50 DIYs since being in quarantine. And I'm like, I've got to stop. You are not alone. I am like, I'm I'm tired, you know, like I gotta chill. And so, you know, I have to give props to my mom um, of just being really patient um, and just really taking the time and putting in the effort to teach me um, how I learn and, and really observing how it is that I learn. I learned really well by being outdoors and doing things with my hands, which is so evident as like an adult, because I'm still that way. I'm like, let me just do stuff with my hands, which is why I'm in dental. <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta be busy with my hands, you know? And so, um, you know, just her, I have to give her props. Um, you know, I hated homeschooling, but I have to give, you know, credit where credit is due that she did take the time to teach me in a way that um, was easier for me to learn. And I think that was a really important point that you made is discover how your children learn and then go with that and just really become in tune with them um, and their their learning abilities. Yeah. Hey, Glory, what did you want to add? I mean, I don't want to be a dead horse but yes definitely do what works for you because um even in the classroom when i get to those 20 kids i know that jason isn't going to learn the same as cynthia we, i have to do something different for each one of those um, students so even within your own household you may have to do different things some of my my kids I can say, hey, go do your work and it's done. And some of them have to sit down and say, math time is not over. Keep doing your math. And so just knowing that you might have to do something different for each one of your actual kids themselves, um, they're, they're, each one is an individual person and has to learn in a different way and um, is going to thrive doing different things. Some of my kids I could send outside. Some of them if I sent outside, I might not see them until I screamed dinner time. So <laughs> I, um, I couldn't see I couldn't see them again. So um, just be, you know, gracious with yourself and that you're learning um, how to do this and just keep going. And please don't compare yourself to what someone is doing, you know, I, I have this friend that also has a lot of kids and she's always putting her color coordinated, you know, schedule um, on Facebook. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not going to work for my kids. It's not different. My kids are wild. And I even had to text my, my youngest um, teacher, like, does my kid have ADD or something? Oh my gosh, she doesn't <laughs> stop moving. Um, so she's going to just need something different than my other kids. So don't like, just make sure that you're focused on what works for you 
and your kids and your household and your individual kids. You're in, I keep saying students because I'm a teacher. Your individual kids themselves and understand that um, even with me, Valiant may be able to handle something independently and I may have to grab Bea by the hand on some subjects. So you know i i think that teachers are cracking up at us right now i love that you said you had to text your teacher and say is my child the add she's probably like yes (laughs) i'm glad that you finally noticed um i don't think so but i'm like wait i don't think so like you don't want to get legally in trouble for telling me this exactly Nita, I want to add something to that. Uh I wanted to, coming from a family of eight, I'm one of eight children. Parents, utilize your older children. Amen. I wish I had some. Amen. My sixth grader, Quentin, I'm shouting out to him because he has become the expert technology, uh, the technology expert in our home because Quentin knows everything about Google Classroom. He sets it up. He makes sure that they're doing their work. He has become an expert. He loves technology. He wants to be a coder or game gamer. And so he's taking advantage of this time and using to help his brother. So parents, we do not have to do all this by ourselves. We've only been doing distant learning for three, four weeks. Let the, the high school help the younger children. That's what we learned um, growing up. We were taught in our home, the older children, help your brothers, help your sisters. We may need to return back to that for the next month. Just allowing, if your your older child is good with math, allow your sixth grader to help your first grader, or allow your second grader to help your pre-k, and don't feel like you have to do this perfectly. This we are all learning. Allow the older kids to learn. That could be their their service learning project. You know, just be real creative. Don't be stressed about the teachers. know we're not perfect, so don't stress yourself thinking that the teachers are going to think you suck as parents because they know that this is hard for us. Rochelle, you gave me a great idea, um, which is, wasn't exactly my idea. I, I saw something on Facebook where um, somebody was saying that uh, she was frustrated with distance learning and she was doing it all by herself. So she decided to um, enlist the grandparents. And she said, OK, I want Mima to do a lesson on um, snow. Something that goes with snow. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Polar bears. I got snowflakes. <laughs> I had a brain fart. And then Peapaw did a lesson on something else. So she and they zoomed in and so they did a lesson. And so now I'm thinking about my nephew. He was a senior in high school. They love him to pieces and he is doing nothing but walking the dog all day. <laughs> he can be a teacher. He would be a great teacher. So don't only enlist the people in your house. Use that um, those Zooms and the FaceTimes and things like that and ask the nieces and nephews and grandpas and grandmas um, to do mm-hmm. something too. Because grandma and grandpa are probably kind of bored right now. They're just staring at each other and going, when is this going to be over? Because I am tired of you. <laughs> they probably would want something to do. My dad would really jump at that, honestly, especially if I gave him some like money something he used to be a financial <laughs> consultant so anyway i digress um so i do want to say that if you are loving this homeschooling thing and you are within the sound of my voice and you're like you know what this is 
I never thought I would do this, but this has actually been kind of cool. I do encourage you to go back and listen to our episode that we did early in 2019 about homeschooling. We had two homeschoolers come on and talk about just all the resources that are available and what they're doing that works for them. Um, And that's a great episode if you're actually kind of thinking that this might be something that you want to continue to do in the fall. Um, I also want to say, or I want to ask, I want to ask you guys, and we, we're, we're really over. So if you guys can make your, your answers possibly as brief as possible. Um, I want to ask, what do you want to take with you? What do you hope to take with you after all of this is over? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Gloria. Um, well, because I'm sort of in a you know situation where I'm the sole provider as well, and I, um, I'm working you know from home and trying to homeschool these kids and stuff like that, um, I have to say that I wouldn't I would have gone insane if it wouldn't have been for other people reaching out to me. Um, the church that I go to, the um, children's pastor messaged me and said, you know, do you have board games? Do you need board games? Um, do you need new board games? Do you want to, mm-hmm. you know, trade off board games or what, you know, what is it that your kids need? And um, and then, you know, just, and then the church itself saying, you know, are you guys good on food? Are you good on toilet paper? Is there something that we can do for you and I'm fortunately I haven't been you know haven't needed yet to say yeah I need some milk but just knowing that even in a crisis even when you know everyone's kind of buckling down and trying to figure out at the same time there are still people reaching out to me as a person and saying you know like the Lord cares about your children and we see you and yes we we know that you're going through this alone and you're having to figure it out alone and so we want you to know that you know you're not alone you know we're a text away if there's something that you guys need you know give us a shout I think um that helped my sanity that helped my um heart you know because um I can get very like oh I'm by myself I gotta figure this out by myself you know other people have you know husbands to sit down and let's brainstorm and I don't have that and what am I going to do and feel very overwhelmed by it but people, um, best friends reaching out for me, literally saying, how are you mentally? Like, how are you? How's your mental health helped me be a good mom? Because it made me feel like I'm not in it by myself. And so that was sort of a not, not school question, but just an encouragement to me to, you know, want to be like those people too, you know, reach out and see how I can help someone even when I'm freaking out and I'm, having a hard time I want to come out of this like those people um like a helper I think there's like a Mr. Rogers quote out there that says you know when the crisis comes look for the helpers and I have been so unbelievably grateful and blessed that those helpers reached out for me because sometimes it's hard to say what you need you don't know you're like I I don't know what I need and so someone asking like specifically do you need milk do you need board games um it saves lives I mean it really does mean the world to people who are, you know, doing this on their own. And so I don't know if I answered your question, but I just hope that I can, I'm a, I aspire to like be like them, you know, be the helper, like Mr. Rogers said. <laughs> I, I want to be like them. No, you absolutely answered my question. I wasn't really looking for an academic answer. I just wanted to know, you know, there's so much good that is happening um, 
um, during this time. We're, we're experiencing some really scary stuff and there's a lot of uncertainty, but we've had more family dinners now during this time. Um, I've cooked more. My husband had taken over the cooking because he really likes grilling, but I've, I've gotten back to cooking. I made Easter dinner. We usually have Easter dinner over my sister's house, but, um, obviously we didn't do that this year. And I made Easter dinner and I got to tell you, I kind of rocked Easter dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I might start cooking a little bit more. So, um, you know, there's there's quite a few things that I want to take out of um, out of quarantine with us and continue to incorporate into our lives. Anybody else like maybe one more? Yeah, um, I just, uh, you know, we've we've slowed down a lot more and we've stopped living by a schedule. And, you know, not that I want to, you know, not ever go back to that, but just not rushing my kids off everywhere you know I feel like so much of our life before has been like hurry up we got to go we got to go we're going to be late and um, it's just nice not to be doing that um, and so I would just love to continue that and then um, you know even inside quarantine we've connected with you know a lot of a lot of people and just um, just making time for that is important. And, you know, I mean, even like we have a sweet friend who's been coming over and schooling my kids on Tuesdays because she knows that's a really hard day for us. And, um, just, I just want to be mindful of that and to continue to connect with, you know, with people on a deeper level, um, you know, even outside of this and, and we, you know, we do that. It's, you know, part of my husband's job, but just being um, very intentional with our relationships. So I want to continue that. Yeah. I love that. Um, who out of all, I know I'm, I, because I know all of you guys separately. I know how y'all are quarantining, or at least I think <laughs> quarantining <laughs> kind of quarantining who is really, um, really following the rules. Like we are at the Bailey house. We're really following the rules. And okay. So Rochelle's raising her hand. So what is it going to take for you to be comfortable to go back out again? Let's say next week they say, okay, we're all safe. Go back to doing what you were doing. <laughs> well, she, you should see her face. Let me, let me switch cameras so you can see her face. I'll be honest, y'all. Um, I have two high-risk people in my home. My son has asthma, the 11-year-old, has asthma, and my husband is considered high-risk because of his blood pressure and other health issues. My sons asked me that. What if school said that we can come back next week, Mom? Or are we going to get to go back to school? And the answer is no. It would have to be, there would have to be no more cases for me to feel comfortable getting back to regular life because of all the risks that I'm putting my children at risk when I go out. So I just stop going out at all. I don't even go out grocery shopping anymore. Um, I do everything online because the exposure when you're high risk, it's a different feel than if you have nobody in your family high risk. You know, I, every time I go out, I put my family at risk. So I take that very seriously. And so we literally... We don't, we, we take it seriously. So I don't know what it's going to take. It's going to have to take a vaccination, some vaccinations, uh, but I'll, I'll know when it happens. This, I'm nowhere near there yet. <laughs> nowhere near there yet. Yeah. I'm right with you. Cause I have asthma and DJ has asthma and just listening to some of the accounts of people who have COVID-19 um, is terrifying. Now, some people are like um, Edris Elba, who seems to be living his best 
COVID-19 life. He seems to be okay, um, at least in his post. But then there's those people who are like, I woke up and I felt like I was drowning. And for an asthmatic, that is the most frightening thing to hear. Um, So we have been very serious about people coming over like, I'm about to put a note on my door and say, if you knock on my door, I will wave at you from the window. And you see that tree? I'm going to need you to go stand by that tree. (laughs) And then I will open my door and have a conversation with you. So it's going to take a while for me. I don't I don't know that um, I'm going to wait till there's no cases um, because I, I don't know. I don't know when that's going to happen. You might not go anywhere until 2021. 20, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not going to see Rochelle for a long time. <laughs> well, and, and all joking aside, everybody knows me, know that I'm 100% extroverted. Like I'm the one that you call when you want to have a party because I'm like that friend that would come over with food and just... And so my she friends will. are because they're like, can we do drive-in theaters? Just you can stay in your van. I'm like, no, no drive-in theaters, no drive-in anything. <laughs> we are not. This is so serious for us right now with having these, this child with asthma and my husband. Like, I don't know if I'll win or if I'll see you guys because it is so serious when you have that extreme, the extreme cases. And so the other part of that is it's made me struggle on the struggle bus. Because my kids are struggling as much as I'm struggling. I miss my friends. Mm-hmm. I miss, like, we talk about the kids needing our friends. We need our friends, too. And so I've had to find ways. Of, um, I've had to call more because I'd rather be in face-to-face. So I was like, dang, since I can't see you, I guess I got to talk to you. I guess I got to Zoom you. But I'd rather, be, I'd rather be there. I'm a hugger. So to not be able to hug people, to not be able to just say, I miss you. So yeah, so pray for your your extroverted friends that we are not okay. (laughs) So Rochelle, (laughs) let me ask. So are you, have you left the house in four weeks at all? So I leave um, for essential, essential meaning food. Okay, okay, Uh, that's all I want to know. Super quick. And then Walmart, Walmart took me over the top. No, okay, don't don't go there because I, I feel you there. Okay, but what I what I do want to encourage you is that what I did, what I've done with a couple of friends is we've gone and had coffee dates in a parking lot, and by what that what I mean by that is we parked next to each other. I'm on my side of the car. She's also on the driver's side of the car. So we are at least six feet apart. We're in different parking spaces. And then we are also separated. We roll down the window. We drink our coffee. We have ourselves a good time. And so we are separated. But what that brought me life because I'm so tired of two-dimensional people. Like I need a 3D friend. (laughs) And so sitting in the car and having a conversation with somebody who I can actually see respond. And it's more than just two-dimensional. Like I can see the back of their head and the, you know, all all those things (laughs) that really made a difference and for you know I'm introverted so I'm I'm not feeling anything like what you're feeling but that really made a difference and even when the bees started to attack us and drive in and out of our cars and we had to roll up the windows and call each other and have conversations that way it still felt great because you know we're talking and I can still see her with her window but she's talking and so that's that's just something that you might um, consider doing (laughs) <laughs> super quick Amy yeah well I just wanted to chime in here because um you know I'm living with my son and then my two parents um who are older and um immune compromised and then Alec um just recently his baby asthma kind of came back a little bit oh, no. so I'm kind of on high alert I'm the only one leaving the house 
Um, that said, it's kind of hard too because I come in contact with, you know, infectious diseases every day. And so I'm used to being, you know, in masks, gloves, um, lab coats every day and, um, you know, being protected against that. And I don't want to say like I'm immune to that feeling because doing that out in public is totally different than doing that within my office setting. <laughs> but I, I don't think that I have the, I don't want to say fear, but um, maybe like I'm not as concerned about it as I would be if that wasn't like my everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, in order for me to like say, okay, it's okay for everybody to go out. It would have to be more of like what other people are doing rather than, you know, like, are you guys still <laughs> like using precautions? Like, mm-hmm. are you guys following all the, you know, all the orders or whatever? And so I think for me, it's going to be more of like just kind of scanning and seeing what uh, precautions the general public is taking uh, is what's going to depend on if I feel comfortable taking my family or, you know, anybody else outside of the house. Um, it was funny. You were seeing wanting to see people, you know, besides just two dimensional. <laughs> I've been FaceTiming my friends, you know, we have wine and we're all like drinking our wine and like talking, you know, FaceTime, whatever, um, which has been great. Um, but again, I've been really busy here at home. And so it's kind of like I'm feeling my downtime with other things so that I don't miss them so bad. Mm. Um, definitely, I think the number one thing I miss the most is just going to dinner. Like I love going to dinner with my girlfriends mm-hmm. and just we haven't done that. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit there. Um, so I know that once everything opens back up, there's probably going to be an influx of people, you know, in all of these places. And we've all decided, like, we're going to wait at least, like, two months before we go to dinner. <laughs> Let everybody get it out of their system. And then, you know, we'll, we'll all go to dinner or whatever. So, um, but, yeah, I think it's based on what the general public is doing to, um, to stay cautious. Yeah. It's going to depend on, on if I get out or not. Yeah, I really kind of feel like uh, you guys go first. Let me see how it works for you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then uh, maybe I will come out from hiding. Gloria, you had your hand up. Did you want to? I don't remember what I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. Understandable. (laughs) Completely. All right. We are like so, so out of time. I did want to mention a couple of episodes um, to go back and listen to. that can be helpful during this time. Grief in kids. We did an episode right before the quarantine started uh, with a little boy and his grandfather, and they lost the little boy's um, sister. And he wrote a book about how to talk to your kids about grief. So that's a great episode. We also earlier in 2019 did an episode about anxiety and depression. We did a trauma episode, an episode about dealing with trauma. Recently, we did an episode called um, Emotional Health During a Pandemic. Um, Also, we did the one when they closed the schools. That was with a principal and uh, my friend who is a teacher teaching in China. So she was about probably six weeks ahead of us in quarantine. They actually have recently gotten out of quarantine. So they're where we will be, I don't know, maybe June or July or whatever. So that was a great episode. Um, another one is um, we did an episode in January about organization and time management. Uh, 
And last but not least, the episode about understanding the new math. I know that there's a lot of people on the struggle bus trying to figure out what is an array and why are we not carrying the two anymore. So we had a second grade math teacher come on and talk all about that. So if that's if that's your struggle, go back go back and um, check out that that on uh, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcast, and then on schooldazedshow.com. And then last but not least, we do want to say. Um, that, you know, it's okay to admit that you're not okay. I think a lot of us have done that today. Um, I definitely have gone between being okay and not being okay quite a bit in the last five weeks. Um, the incidences of child abuse has risen since we've been in quarantine. And we, you know, we mentioned at the beginning that experts are saying that a lot of us are experiencing grief and depression and anxiety. So please reach out to someone if you feel like you're needing some help. Um, on our episode about emotional health during a pandemic, one of the counselors told us about this crisis text line. The crisis text line serves anyone in any type of crisis. So that's, you know, anxiety, suicide, emotional abuse, self-harm, etc. And they provide access to uh, for free 24-7 uh, support. And their website is crisistextline.org. And it also provides information like symptoms, risk factors, and what to do if you think somebody's in trouble. Um, and also, and I, you know, I'll have this stuff on um, schooldaysshow.com. I also reached out to some of my friends that are therapists, and there are therapists that are providing um, free sessions online if you're needing to talk to someone and get some expert advice. I will have that information on schooldayshow.com. She texted that to me, but I didn't have a chance to really grab that. So anyway, unfortunately, we are out of time. I did want to say thank you guys so much for um, giving us your time. And we went way over. And I hope your kids aren't going crazy and not being taught. <laughs> it was lo- playing video games. <laughs> oh, oh, so he's totally cool. He's totally kind good. Of out riding bikes. <laughs> I locked my bedroom door. Yo. I don't really know. <laughs> Gloria, you're on mute. What did you just say? Oh, I said mine have completely destroyed the house, I promise you. Mm-hmm. I'm about to walk into Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fear the same about my house when I get home. But you know, anyway, hopefully we uh, provided some good information to people and we were able to help them in spite of the fact that our house is probably a mess right now. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining us. Noggin Educational Foundation is the premier sponsor of School Day. So we always want to tell you guys what's going on with hap- uh, what's happening with Noggin. Our mission is to help close the... Chi- I'm going to get this. <laughs> And I'm going to re-record this. Our mission is to help close the achievement gap for economically disadvantaged children by improving educational opportunities for students, supporting families, and encouraging excellence and innovation in the classroom. School Days is part of our commitment to support families by providing access to experts who offer information and resources regarding all topics that impact education. If you love this program, please consider donating to Noggin. Your gift will be tax deductible. Head to our website, schooldaysshow.com to give today. Tomorrow, my guest will be friend of the show, Stacy Danford. Stacy is a neuroscientist and gratitude expert. She will talk to us about practicing gratitude during tough times. So catch our Facebook Live at 11 a.m. tomorrow on our Noggin page, our Noggin Educational Foundation page. 
Don't forget to share that with your parent friends. And always head to our website, schooldaysshow.com for more information about all that we're doing and all the resources that we mentioned here on School Days. And remember, you don't ever have to miss a show. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and pretty much anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Noggin Foundation. That's N-O-G-G-I-N. And last but not least, we always want to end the show by saying that David and I are parenting by grace. We depend on God to give us the wisdom and strength that we need to raise our kids into flourishing adults. And if you want to know more about that, feel free to email me at info at schooldaysshow.com. Have a great week and stay safe. School Days is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. At Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Days is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org.